Hello, welcome to The Heavy with Andrew and Don, where we cover a wide range of rock and metal topics for the casual listener. I am your host, Sir Don the... Who changed the screen? Sir Don the Dickless Sutherland. That's not my name at all. <laughs> with me. That happened to you before I was like, huh, this isn't what I usually say. Uh, with me as always is my brother, Andrew. Andrew Sutherland. What's up, dirtbags? All right. Uh, well, got... Uh, one message from uh, our last episode, the uh, Alice in Chains episode we did. I mentioned that Wood is my favorite song by them. And uh, Je- Jeff sent in a Korn cover of them doing that song last year in what looks like some sort of studio. So Korn's cover of Wood by Alice in Chains. Very good. It's really solid. It's a good cover. It's not like too off the rails, but it sounds different. On the flip side, I found a link to a Metallica cover of Wood through that. Uh, not as good. <laughs> it's uh, kind of bad. So don't listen to that one. Listen to what? the corn cover. A lot of James Hetfield going, whoa, yes, yeah. I got like one verse in and it's just to him going, dick, like he just has his weird vibrato. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and also like um, Kirk Hammett is shirtless and wearing some sort of like scarecrow hat. It's, it's weird all around. Um, mm. So I'll have to corn, check that one out. Good. I'll talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen the corn one. It is it is pretty good. The Metallica it's, it's one, solid, yeah. yeah. They also like are in a studio together where Metallica was doing it over what looks like Zoom. Uh, oh, yeah. So it must have been like, you know, early pandemic. Uh, well, Andrew, what are we talking about today? All right. So today we're going to keep it light. We're going to talk about live hard rock and metal in the movies. Okay. Just movies in general. All right. You betcha. Okay. Well, basically, bands, artists, and bands playing live in movies. Oh, I got you. All right. Let's get into it. Uh, All right. Bands playing live in movies. Yeah. So, to clarify how I got around to this, so originally I was going to go with like cameos, like hard rock and metal artists' cameos in movies. So I, I started looking at them playing maybe uh, maybe not a leading role, but maybe just a small bit part or whatever in a movie. Does uh, then, does Blink-182 in American Pie count towards this? Well, that, yeah, like originally in my, in my original vision, it would have. So, oh, uh, okay. but, but because as I started looking through it, uh, you know, I was looking at bands that were playing in movies, like playing as a band, and then also music right. musicians who were uh, cast in movies. And uh, it just ended up being way too expansive. There's just way too much. So I ended up splitting it off. So I'll do that on a separate podcast where the, the cameo part where they're actually acting in the movies. Oh, so they get into and, a lot. Oh, okay. So this this one is just going to be bands that are actually playing in the movie in these movies. Now, does it include TV? No, and that TV is another one altogether. So okay, yeah, because I was like the yeah. one the one example I can think Blink One Eight Two and American Pie is. Uh, was it Pantera in news radio where she calls them Pantera? Oh my God. Yeah. We definitely got to do a a whole episode on the TV shows as well. And like, even, even like the Simpsons, right? Like the Simpsons had uh, like Judas priest was on the Simpsons and like green day. Well, so we'll, yeah, we'll just stick to hard rock and metal bands live in the movies. And yeah, um, it's possible. I might've missed some. So if anybody, I tried to be as thorough as I could and try to find as many as I, as I could find and, and, Full disclosure, I haven't watched the entirety of all these movies. Some of them I have. I mean, I imagine uh, that some of them are bad, so I, I won't blame you for that in advance. Yeah, probably. Some of them are also very good, and some of them are yeah. popular movies too. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just go through the list, and I'll give a quick uh, rundown of the movie itself, and then how the band showed up in the movie. 
All right. So right from the top of the list, we'll start off with Alice Cooper in Wayne's World. So fairly well-known oh, yeah. movie. Obviously, you've True. seen this one. Oh, yeah. So just for the people who you know possibly haven't seen it, uh, <laughs> the uh, Benjamin, that's you know the sleazeball played by Rob Lowe, he uh, ends up giving Wayne and Garth backstage passes to Alice Cooper uh, to a show in Milwaukee. Uh, Wayne and Garth go to Milwaukee, and after spoofing the intro to Laverne and Shirley, they, uh, they take in a wicked live performance of Feed My Frankenstein by... Alice Cooper, the Godfather of Shock Rock. Uh, there's also Godfather a cameo. Is that like a name that he has? That's I, I believe that's a name. I, I don't think I came up with that. I'm pretty sure that's been used before, but uh, it's a pretty good description of him because he really started that whole, like you know, cutting heads off stuff and blood and all that crap. And oh. uh, well, wordcrazeanswers.com uh, corroborates your claim <laughs> that he's the God Godfather of Shock Rock. Excellent. <laughs> Considered by music journalists and peers as the godfather of Shocker. Okay. So yeah, it's very, very fitting too, because he, uh, yes. he pioneered a lot of that stuff. So yeah. just to finish off this, this movie. So I, the cameo by the late, great Chris Farley. And uh, after that, Wayne and Garth get to go backstage to see Alice and he gives them this awesome deadpan history of Milwaukee. It's really right. offbeat. It's pretty cool. Excellent. Excellent scene. Yeah. Uh, to skip right to Wayne's World 2. So Aerosmith is featured in Wayne's World too, and uh, right at the start of the sequel, Wayne and Garth head to an Aerosmith concert, and they end up crowd surfing. And uh, Aerosmith's kind of in their second prime at this point, so they, you know they were really popular in the seventies, like, and they had kind of. I don't remember lull. the name of the the album, but like right around Brian came out, right? Whatever album that's. I would have been from well, the albums that they came out with around then were what uh, Pump, uh, Deuces. I'm just thinking of songs like Deuces Wild. Yeah, I, I can't remember which songs are on which albums, but I think Pump was one of the ones that was like their comeback albums, kind of. Yeah, like but, they, uh, it was 90s era. Because they had some, like late 80s, early 90s, because they had some crap in the early, mid 80s, <laughs> and then they got good again. So th at the start of the show, Aerosmith's jamming to Dude Looks Like a Lady, which is right. a good tune. And then uh, Wayne and Garth go backstage and fawn over Heather Locklear. Uh, you know who Bob Odenkirk is from... Uh, oh, yeah. I used to call Saul... Whatever, yeah, he's, he's he actually makes an appearance, makes an appearance as a concert nerd. Uh, Aerosmith makes a, the appearance at the start. They also make an appearance uh, later in the movie at Wayne Stock at the end of the movie, playing "Shut Up and Dance." Oh, yeah, and there's another cameo by Chris Farley, which is always welcome in my books. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, moving on to the next movie. All right, uh, a band called Helmet in the movie The Jerky Boys. I don't know if you're probably too young <laughs> to remember that movie. That one's a little little deeper. I know, like, there's shows that reference the jerky boys yeah so the, the jerky boys were like a comedy group that specialized in prank phone calls back in the early mid 90s i, th uh, I think they were still around for quite a while but they got they had a bit of a heyday around that time yeah i'd say prank phone calls a little less popular now yeah so so the in the movie the plot johnny and kamal the jerky boys they pretend to be roadies while they're trying to hide from some mob guys and they set up some equipment for a band that ends up being uh, alt rockers helmet and they end up they they break into a pretty solid cover of sabbath's symptom of the universe black sabbath no no the the other sabbath yeah yeah sorry <laughs> i guess that's pretty <laughs> self-explanatory there's also a pretty ironic cameo obviously on purpose ironically i guess but of ozzy as their manager <laughs> ozzy osborne yeah so it's, he, he just like actually... pops up in random movies hey yeah i should check out the scene at some point i'll, I'll put a link up to it eventually uh yeah. but there's a it's a pretty good scene where they're, he's asking where the the other roadies went, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they left to go 
with the like tour with the monkeys. He's like, oh, the fucking monkeys. <laughs> he just gets all pissed off. <laughs> Pretty so funny. What was the what was the other movie we talked about in the first season? Oh, uh, trick, or, trick or treat. Yeah, yeah, trick or treat, trick or treat. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit before. This is later. This is mid nineties. So moving on from that, uh, I'll, I'll basically, as I'm listing these, uh, I'm just going to name the band in the movie and then describe. So we'll keep kind okay. of a system okay. here. So the next one is Cannibal Corpse in Ace Ventura Pet Detective. <laughs> oh, right. They totally so, were in Ace Ventura. Oh, yeah, man. So that Ace, might be the Ace, weirdest Ace, one so far. <laughs> Ace ends up at a Cannibal Corpse show looking for his hacker buddy Woodstock. And the band is playing their song Hammer Smash Face on stage as Ace makes his way through the mosh pit. Right. I so there's actually some that. <laughs> pretty awesome scene. They did some deleted scenes from that, and one of them he actually crowd surfs to escape a couple of the thugs and ends up on stage with the band. That's like, so shit. It's also so specific. Was like I just can't see just being someone who grew up in the two thousands, I can't see uh death metal being popular enough to be in a movie like that. But like that had to have been like a gag, right? Just such a ridiculous band to put in. Yeah, I a guess mainstream movie. Jim Carrey wanted a band like that. And I, I don't think Cannibal Corpse was, there was another band that was considered for it, but he ended up yeah. playing with Cannibal Corpse. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's so out there, but it just, it's, it's so perfect at the same time. It you works. Know? And, and really Cannibal Corpse is one of the more well-known death metal bands as far as mainstream yeah. goes, you know. All right, uh, next movie. Yeah. Uh, we'll go back to Alice in Chains again, like from last podcast. Uh, oh, they, they Okay. Yeah, they, they play live in, uh, in a bar scene in a movie called Singles. It's a mm -hmm. Seattle-based Cameron Crowe movie from the yeah. early 90s. And they play It Ain't Like That, and they play the your favorite song, Wood, as well. Hey, but what's the movie about? Uh, it's a bunch of, about a bunch of like single young people in Seattle. It's it's, it's a good movie. It's like a bit of a like dramedy. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Alice in Chains definitely steals that scene for me. They sound really good. And uh, in that movie, because it's based in Seattle, and it's got a lot of uh, grunge undertones to it, uh, uh, Chris Cornell actually has a cameo in it as well. Oh, nice. Awesome. Not as a musician, though, just as like, just a guy, as do most of the members of Pearl Jam. So mm -hmm. Eddie, Eddie Vedder, Stone Gossard, and Jeff Amitt, they're playing as members of Matt Dillon's fictional band called Citizen Dick. So <laughs> you get actual musicians to be in it? Okay. Yeah, Eddie Vedder plays the drummer. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Interesting choice. Okay. <laughs> All right, the next one yeah. is uh, the band Primus in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. So that's the sequel to Bill and Ted's yeah. Excellent Adventure. So the the movie centered around the the whole movie centered around the San Dimas Battle of the Bands, where after escaping death, Bill and Ted have to thwart their evil robot counterparts and save their fiancés. <laughs> so it's right. a little bit convoluted, but right. uh, <laughs> Primus Primus is the band that's on right before Bill and Ted's band Wild Stallions is set to perform, and they're playing their song called Tommy the Cat with uh, Les Claypool's animated bass guitar. Wizardry. So, I just I have not seen that movie in, in years. They're one of the Battle of the Bands bands. <laughs> well, I, they're the only other band that they show, I believe. That's so funny. they, when the movie goes to the uh, Battle of the Bands, they show like a, a few seconds of Primus playing their song. Yeah, on stage. Yeah. Watching Les Claypool play, play bass is always fun, man. He's oh yeah, guy's a maniac. Amazing. Yeah. So uh, moving on from that, mm -hmm. this one's a little bit different, but it's a uh, ZZ Top in Back to the Future Part Three. So they're they're Are not they? actually, <laughs> yeah. So they're they're what? not actually playing their own music. So they 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 picked ZZ Top because they kind of look the part because they look they like look the like old, they're old Western guys. Yeah. yeah, it takes place in the old West. So they're actually they're leading the house band for that big dance in the middle of the movie, 
and they're just playing this like annoying looping instrumental old timey country bullshit. But uh, <laughs> they have ZZ Top doing it. But it, I mean, it's, oh it's, it's too bad because they actually have lots of good songs. But uh, it's just cool that they appear in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I I think I watched that movie once, and I was maybe thirteen, and I I did not recognize ZZ Top at that age. Yeah. Or in Canada, as they're called ZZ Top. ZZ Top. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've made that joke on the radio before. I'm pretty sure it falls flat every time. Yeah, it, it might have been funny like once about thirty years ago. So uh, next one, the Banquar and Empire Records. I don't know if you've seen Empire Records. That sounds uh, familiar. I feel like I a should bit, have watched it. It's a bit too '90s for for your age demographic. Yeah, but uh, it's right in line with where I grew up, like the time period stuff. Mm-hmm. So the actor Ethan Embry, his character Mark, he's watching a Guar video for the song called Sadama Gogo, and he's eating pot brownies, and he he, he starts he starts hallucinating. And then he sees himself on the TV playing guitar with the band. And uh, as he's playing guitar, lead singer Odorous, he looks at him and he goes, oh man, Mark, man, you play a mean guitar, man. It's a really shame that you must die. (laughs) Yeah. And they rip away his guitar and he rips away, they rip away his guitar and he's eaten by the world maggot. It's like this big freaking monster thing they have on stage. This movie sounds kind of awesome. I also got, I'm going to call out Ian here. (laughs) I got a note that just says, Liv Tyler's crop top sweater. <laughs> is that a thing oh, in yeah. that movie? Yeah, it definitely <laughs> okay. is. Yeah. Uh, that's All that's right. a movie that made Liv Tyler like a, a big, uh, a big deal. Sorry, I only I only know her as the the great elf princess in Lord of the Rings. Mm, this is way before Arwen. Mm. But but that that scene, the look on Mark's face as this is happening is so good. <laughs> like he has this like this sad, hopeless look in his face, and then he like kind of starts laughing after. But it's pretty funny. So he doesn't actually murder him, or. No, it's all like just a hallucination from the pop brownies. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay uh, next one. The Offspring yeah. and Idle Hands. Have you seen Idle Hands? They're in Idle Hands. That's another movie. I've seen all these yeah, movies man. on like TV when I was a teenager. I did not know The Offspring was in Idle Hands. It was that classic movie though. So they were the band playing in the high school dance towards the end of the movie. Oh, okay. okay. And there's a bit of a trend here. A bunch of these movies, the bands are playing in a high school dance. But uh right. <laughs> <laughs> they do a pretty great rendition of the Ramones I Want to Be Sedated and then they do one of their own songs called Beheaded and it's a song off their self-titled debut album that probably yeah. a lot of people haven't heard because it never gets Yeah, I've, I've listened to some early Offspring stuff and it's like when they were all still in school and they hadn't quit yet because those first ones are pretty rough so it's, it's some... Yeah, they were all in college still, right? And uh, one of the scenes uh, Jessica Alba she's dancing and she's, her dancing is so out of place to the music it's ridiculous like she's, <laughs> it was she's probably like this, dubbed badly <laughs> she, she, well no no she's just like doing this weird like hand her hands are kind of like flinging like she's just totally not dancing <laughs> to the music at all it's, it's pretty funny they probably did it on purpose right mm-hmm. but uh, Dexter Holland's gruesome scalping are pretty sweet too like that part of the scene and Jessica Alba's dancing so definitely gruesome scalp he gets scalped yeah yeah the oh. The uh the disembodied hand. Oh like yeah. At the, end, at the end of the song, it jumps on his head and rips his scalp <laughs> off. It's pretty sweet. I do remember that. It's, uh, spoilers for Idle Hands, but the movie's like twenty four years old, so you should watch it. Um, but yeah, it's also good with like Seth Green. He's got like it's either him or the other guy that has like the bottle in his head, and they're like, oh, nice costume. It's like now he's a zombie because he got <laughs> murdered. <laughs> next, <laughs> next one up, uh, the band Mud Honey and Black Sheep. They're one of the lesser-known Seattle grunge bands. They're playing at the Rock the Vote show in the movie. 
And that was around the scene where Chris Farley said, so I say, wrecked him, damn near killed him. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite lines ever. A, class, a classic line. And then uh, Black Sheep. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's the one where Chris Farley is the, the brother of a politician or whatever, and he just goes around just messing everything up. So there's In a... Chris Farley fashion. Yeah. So there's a scene where Chris Farley is smoking dope with a bunch of black musicians, and he eats his like, a shitload of chicken wings. And then sub- subsequently goes out on stage and uh, finishes off his tirade yelling, kill Whitey, which is pretty ridiculous. Just like silences the crowd. All right. Okay. Uh, rest uh, in peace, Chris Farley. Yeah, I know. Uh, next band is a band called L7 in a movie called Serial Mom. And I haven't heard of either of those. <laughs> so Serial Mom, it's, it's about a secret serial killer mom named Beverly. And she ends up following her son's friend Scotty to this venue called Hammerjacks, where the band L7 is playing. But in the movie, they're not called L7; they're called Camel Lips. And I don't want to—I don't want to ruin it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But if you watch that scene, so this is a John Waters movie, and John Waters is fairly well known for making pretty messed up movies. Yeah, uh, when you when you said that, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. He he made them wear these uh, these pants that have a very distinctive shape, closely related to their band name. Ah, if you know what I mean. I see. It's, it's classic john waters and your creepy little mustache oh yeah man it's it, you gotta watch it it's pretty pretty mm-hmm. funny movie twisted but funny all right moving on this uh movie called foxes and a band called angel so this was a coming of age movie about a group of girls in la um uh, jodie foster's in it and the father of her ah. character is the man well, she's super young in it though right uh yeah <laughs> so Still the father like foster <laughs> The father of her character is the manager for the band Angel, and some of the movie takes place at one of their shows, and the band okay. is playing a song called 20th Century Foxes, which okay. is actually a pretty good song. It's got a bit of like late 70s Kiss feel to it, which is probably because Gene Simmons is actually the one who discovered that band, so it makes kind of sense, I oh, guess. that's cool. Uh, tagline for the movie, which I found, mm-hmm. people don't think we can have any serious emotions. Nobody gives a damn. But that's all right. I've got friends. Yeah, it's, it's so. actually a pretty. I was reading. I haven't actually watched the whole movie yet. I watched some of the scenes to see the music part in it. But yeah, highly rated. Yeah, fa- fairly highly rated. It's oh, okay. it's pretty dark. It's got some pretty pretty dark subject matter. So well, that uh, actually makes me more interested. And uh, Ch- Cherry Curry of the Runaways. You know who she is. Oh yeah, no, I actually know that one. She plays one of the main roles, one of the friends in it, and it's her oh, first acting role. That's so. cool. All right, moving on. We're going to do Metallica, who we talked about earlier. Yeah. The movie is Through the Never, which it's basically a Metallica live concert video, but they interspersed a storyline involving the adventures of a roadie named Trip into the oh. concert mm-hmm. video. So there's a ton of live footage of the band playing a show, and they're, it's all from shows from 2012 in Vancouver and Edmonton. So a bit Ooh, of a Canadian connection hey, there. Yeah. Shout out Canada. Like, oh, we're Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> we do so, uh, that too. Yeah. A. <laughs> they play through like a whole bunch of their classic songs like Creeping Death, Battery, Hit the Lights, and a whole That's bunch cool. of others. So while they're playing their music, this guy named Trip, he runs into some crazy shit. And there's not really any dialogue besides a bit of interaction between him and his boss. So it's kind of Metallica's version of Pink Floyd's The Wall sort of idea. Yeah. Uh, actually, rated not that bad. Yeah, no, I actually started watching it, and it's mm-hmm. pretty good. And because they play a whole bunch of Metallica songs that I really like, I, it's and it's got a real actor too, Dane DeHaan. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So Guy from uh, Chronicle. 
All right, next one is the band Rush in I Love You, Man. Oh, so, yeah, totally. So Rush, they're pretty central in that movie. You probably remember. Because oh, yeah, yeah. The, the two guys, Peter and Sydney, their mutual adoration for the band is what kind of brings them together or keep mm. like, kind of helps their friendship, strengthens their Yeah, they, like, they jam out to the Rush songs. Yeah, so at one point, Jason Segel and Paul Rudd, who play the two characters, and Rashida Jones, his fiance. Yeah, they they end up at a rush show and the band performs their song Limelight live, mm-hmm. and I mean it's Rush, so they perform it impeccably. Yeah, and then uh, and then extra shout out to Canada if you do something on on TV shows. I know they're also in uh, Trailer Park Boys, specifically mm. Alex Lifeson, because I'm pretty sure he like steals weed from them. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> Guitarist of Rush. Yeah. All right, the next one is back to another band that we mentioned already, Kiss. In the, the right. movie Detroit Rock City, obviously. there it is. <laughs> yeah. I was just waiting for it. I had to like, throw it in there. At some at some point, I know, like in a previous episode, I was ripping on this movie, so it's finally come full circle. Yeah. <laughs> so set in 1978, Cleveland, four teens in a Kiss tribute band. They go through trials and tribulations to get to Detroit. You know, formula shit, and they want to go see their idols, Kiss. So they end up getting to the show in the end, and Kiss hammers out the title track from the movie. And obviously, the Kiss trademark over the top stage show, pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. Them. Gene Simmons spitting blood and pyrotechnics and whatnot. Well, like it's, got, uh, it's it's got John Connors in it, Edward Furlong. So it does have Edward Furlong, and he's like hmm. playing a teenager, and he's probably thirty-five. But... Yeah, he's already he's already old. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Twisted Sister in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. What? <laughs> I don't know if you saw that one coming. So <laughs> there's a big there's a big chase scene. So this is Pee Wee's. Pee Wee Herman's movie from like 1985. So there's a, this big chase scene through the Warner Brothers lot, and Pee Wee's trying to escape on this bike from lot security. And eventually, Pee Wee encounters Twisted Sister, and they're shooting the video for Burn in Hell. And the band's <clears throat> jamming in the back of a car, and Dee Snider's like crawling around in the hood singing. Mm-hmm. So Pee Wee and Pee Wee avoids running into them, but the uh, the band has to jump out of the car because there's this boat on wheels pulling a Santa sleigh with Godzilla sitting in it that is chasing him and slams into their car. So I, I love it. Is this mid satanic panic twisted sister getting in a children's film too? It's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's, it's that's, great that's badass for Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> yeah. Well, and Pee Wee Herman is so like, I don't know. It gets a bad rap sometimes now because of all that crap in the theater and all that. But yeah, what did, what know, did he do? You know, talking about, I don't remember. He got caught. Like he got caught jerking off in a theater back in the day. Like in the nineties, I think. But Pee Wee Herman's stuff, the show and the movies are so creative, you know? Like they're just it's yeah. so some of the stuff he comes up with is just so crazy. And uh it's a it's a great scene. Yeah. So, I've never I've never watched any Pee Wee Herman stuff, but if he had the balls to put Twisted Sister in a in a children's movie in nineteen eighty five. Yeah. Well and and I would like to repeat that there's a boat on wheels pulling a Santa sleigh with Godzilla sitting in it. <laughs> sure. it's hammer it home how, how insane it is. <laughs> yeah. It's just like a bad acid trip. <laughs> all right, moving on. The next one is yep, a band called right. The Subways in the movie Rock and Roller. It's a Guy okay. Ritchie movie. Have you have you seen it? Uh, I haven't seen that, but like Guy Guy Ritchie, Snatch, all those. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I believe two thousand eight, a bit after Snatch, but a solid okay. movie. So the Subways are a British alt rock band, and they're playing a song called Rock and Roll Queen in a nightclub. And outside, this is during the scene while outside. The uh, character Johnny Quid, he stabs the bouncer with a pencil several times, and then proceeds to beat the living shit out of him. <laughs> and okay. and uh, meanwhile, the band's playing inside the club. So, huh. all right, uh, it's a pretty intense scene. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. 
It's the next one. The band White Zombie in Airheads. So have you seen Airheads? White Zombies and Airheads? Yeah, I watched Airheads once again years ago. Uh, yeah. That's the the Adam Sandler, Brendan Fraser one, right? Where they like hijack the radio station. Yeah, for sure. So I love that movie. This is a movie. This is one of the movies I had on DVD. So I've watched this movie a whole bunch of times. So their band, the Lone Rangers, which you shouldn't pluralize, uh, <laughs> hi- hijack a rock radio station to get their demo played, but they need to find another copy because the original gets destroyed on their reel to reel. So the police end up agreeing to find Brandon Fraser's character, Chaz. They go to find his girlfriend, Kayla. So Officer Wilson, who's played by Chris Farley, what do you know? He uh, tracks <laughs> her down at this rock bar. And in the background, White Zombie's playing this song uh, called Feed the Gods on stage. Wow, I, I didn't realize that was the them in there. Yeah, man. Interesting. And them by them, I mean mostly Rob Zombie because, I mean, it's his Yeah, band. well, th- this is, I mean, this is before... Rob Zombie went solo, but he was yeah, obviously yeah. the focal point of that band for sure. Uh-huh. Okay, the next band is a band called Skunk and Anzi, and they're in a movie called Strange Days. Uh, so <laughs> that's another yeah. one I have not heard of. So Strange Days is a movie I would highly recommend you watch. It's kind of a science fiction movie from the mid nineties that okay. was directed by Catherine Bigelow. You know who Catherine Bigelow oh, is? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Hurt Locker. It's actually an amazing movie. But it's uh it's not super well known, maybe especially not these days. But anybody who likes a, a well made sci fi movie is just you gotta watch this movie. Yeah, well she's but, a uh, good filmmaker. So the band Skunkanazi is they're playing on stage their song called Selling Jesus and there's there's a right. big New Year's party into the movie and they're on stage playing it. And Catherine Bigelow actually directed a video for that song using scenes from the movie as well. Okay. So that's uh, that's something I could put some. I'll put links up for after. Yeah, yeah, no, it looks it looks interesting. All right, now we're doing a band called The Donnas and a movie called Jawbreakers. Mm-hmm. So this movie is you probably never heard of it, but nope. <laughs> it's a it's it's a black comedy about a group of high school girls, and it's kind of similar to like The Heather's that kind of movie. So the. The Donnas, okay. you probably don't know what that is either, do you? <laughs> I was like, I haven't watched that one either. <laughs> yeah, anybody who's like in their 30s will know what I'm talking about. Okay. So the Donnas appear in the, there's a prom scene at the end of the movie, and they're playing a song called Rock and Roll Machine. And for an extra fun fact, Marilyn Manson shows up in a role in this movie, and he's super creepy, and he plays a character called The Stranger. Hey, so, just like in real life. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil. He's got this really greasy mustache, and he like rubs his mustache. It's oh, it's so gross. <laughs> but really? I, uh, I, I'm not going to explain any more about it. But if anybody is interested, they got to watch the movie. <laughs> All right, the next group, next group is Ramstein and Triple X. Hey. Have you ever seen Triple X? Really? I uh, no, I never watched Triple X. I'm not much of a, like a pure action action guy. But well, if, isn't it like <laughs> sci-fi? I I actually to be 100 honest, I've actually never watched the whole movie. Okay. I, I, back in the day, I was kind of everybody was so into Fast and Furious, and I did watch Fast and Furious, but I I was not on the big Vin Diesel bandwagon. Although, yeah, yeah, I love I love the Riddick movies, like Pitch Black and Chronicles of Riddick and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I I wasn't really into the movies that were just like, oh, I'm gonna watch it just because Vin Diesel's in it, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick. That's more sci-fi. I don't actually know anything about Triple X. Yeah, like ma- mainstream wise, this would have been probably a bigger deal. Triple X was right after all the fast and furious hoopla yeah but uh it's yeah it's the high-paced action movie right yeah, or, or, sorry, fast a... fast-paced action movie but yeah I mean, that, that's a pretty in... intense band to have play live too 
Yeah, well, it, it's pretty fitting for this movie. It's actually in the first scene of the movie. So the movie starts off with a chase scene, and they're in a club. I think it's in Prague, where Ramstein's on stage playing their song uh, "Fewer Fry." Fewer oh, Fry. I guess if they're in Europe, place. it makes more sense. So yeah, so the the, sh- the show is complete with their trademark insane pyrotechnics. So just fire going off everywhere, and the yeah, <clears throat> the band members have like fire breathing. Uh, one of the va- band guys has a fire breathing mask, so he's just playing his notes and his guitars, like, spewing flames out. It's pretty sweet. Oh, that's sick. It's a pretty intense scene, and and, and for anybody who hasn't been to a Ramstein show, that's pretty typical of their shows. So yeah. next band is the band Motorhead in a movie called Eat the Rich. Which I guarantee you haven't seen. <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely not. <laughs> it's like a really offbeat British comedy from the late eighties. But so Lemmy from Motorhead actually plays a role in the movie. During a party in the movie, that you see there's there's a band playing in the background. You can see Motorhead drummer Phil Taylor actually playing with the house band, and it's hilarious because he looks all he's got his hair and his earrings. He's all like total rocker, and he's just playing like jazz drums basically. Okay. And then uh, he looks totally out of place. And then Lemmy gets on stage, and then their guitarist Eddie Clark jumps in, and they just rip into a song called "Doctor Rock," and it's mm. it, it's it's a pretty weird movie, so it doesn't really seem that out of place, I guess. But yeah, it's pretty awesome. All right, mm-hmm. the next one, this one, yeah, you might know. So Queens of the Stone Age and Hot Rod, right? They're <laughs> in Hot Rod. That? Yeah, so that band called Gown. There's a band called Gown that plays at his last jump there at the end of the movie. That's, That's actually Queens Queens of the Stone Age. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's actually yeah. Josh Holm and the other guys are just wearing stupid like outfits and a wig and stuff. What? I <laughs> yeah. okay. I watched that movie at least like once a year. Queens of the Stone Age is one of my favorite bands. I would say, yeah. and now I'm kind That's... of embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so they're playing like whatever song they're playing. It's just ridiculous, awesome '80s sounding whatever oh. it's called. Yeah, the song the song's called Head Honcho. It's really hard to find unless you go on YouTube and find yeah. the video. Movie, okay, but. I'm I'm absolving myself of guilt on this because they're wearing like wigs and stuff. So it's oh, like yeah, they're, okay, they're... there's no way I would have known. He's got like fake face stuff on him. Yeah, they're pretty pretty unrecognizable as Queens of Stone Age, but it's an awesome yeah. appearance. That's really cool. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, and I was gonna say they Josh Holmes' wig is the second best fake hair next to Rod's mustache in that scene. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right, a couple more here. Uh, right. ACDC and Howard Stern's Private Parts. So Okay, I haven't uh, seen that, but uh, I know who ACDC is. Yeah, obviously. they uh, The Hard Rock Legends themselves, they play at yeah. a Stern for Governor rally in Bryant Park in New York during the movie. Okay. And uh, <laughs> a fun fact for those that haven't seen the movie, Stern's pregnant movie wife, her water breaks as ACDC's playing You Shook Me All Night Long. So, Like actual water. Well, it, like it's part of the movie. But like his oh, wife's okay. Pregnant, oh, okay. His wife's pregnant. On, his wife's pregnant at the event or whatever, and her water breaks while they're playing the song. Okay, I mean, like the, the the actress does. Okay, that makes more sense. All right, we'll we'll finish it off with one of the more involved appearances in a movie. So the Ramones in Rock and Roll High School. <laughs> no. <Probably not>. <laughs> <laughs> so the the band is very central to the movie because the storyline involves the main character. Uh, she's working against her domineering high school principal to get tickets to a Ramones show. Mm-hmm. So, and the, throughout the movie, the band's popping up all over the place. Maybe not necessarily a live appearance, but they're they're just kind of jamming out in different scenes. Yeah. So the, there's a song called "Tonight." They play in one of the scenes. A song called "I Want You Around." Uh, but eventually, the students actually get to the concert, and the band goes through a whole bunch of songs like "Blitzkrieg Bop," "Teenage Lobotomy," "California Sun," "Pinhead," "She's the One," and "Do You Want to Dance?" 
uh, oh, sorry, actually, do you want to dance? They were actually playing in the school hallway after the concert. And then uh, after whatever happens in the movie, the uh, students and Ramones end up burning the school down and the Ramones play rock and roll high school at the end in front of the burning school. Okay. <laughs> Nothing more yeah. rock and roll than maybe arson. Very rock and roll. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that's it. That's all I could find. So if anybody else can find any other live appearances of bands and movies that I missed, uh, yeah. send us some emails and I will definitely get on that and check it for out. For movies, for movies specifically, right? Because this is yeah. just uh, that one topic. Yeah. Mm. So let's uh, let's get on to the workout playlist. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. I ain't got time to bleed. This is the chopper! Let's put a smile on that face. I have to start with Hammer Smash Face by Cannibal Corpse. Okay. <laughs> Just to make you listen to it. So Hammer Smash Face is one of Cannibal Corpse's most well-known songs. Yeah, absolutely. The song breaks right into a wicked heavy death metal riff. Original singer Chris Barnes is still in the band at the time. He's got this distinctive oh, he, growl. Oh, they changed the singer? Yeah, the, in the, I think it was about like 95. He left the band and they, they got uh, George Fisher. So he hasn't been the singer for a very long time. But uh, back when they did that scene in Ace Ventura, he was still the singer. So right. Was, uh, uh, oh, okay. I mean, as far as death metal goes, very competent musically, uh, very well recorded for early 90s death metal. Uh, this band is very well known for their offensive and controversial lyrics. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, uh, one of the more, because I'm just i on the album, uh, <laughs> and from name alone, Hammer Smash Face is, is tame. Um, one of the ones that's not as bad, uh, Necro Pedophile. So I, yeah, oh god, yeah. Oh, you could you could go through all their song names. Yeah, I can't. I feel like some of these I just shouldn't say. <laughs> I think we're gonna do. I want to do an episode just naming songs from Cannibal Corpse albums at some point. Just a half hour of just listing <laughs> yeah. names. So I dare the audience to check out the original cover for Tomb of the Mutilated, which which is the album the song came off of. Did yeah. I say that? Mutilated is a hard word to say. Tomb of <laughs> but, the Mutilated. Yeah, I don't. Are you gonna look it up? Oh, no, I have. I have it open. I see the art. I know <laughs> yeah. what it looks like. <laughs> I'm aware. Yeah, no doubt. I, I would love to see. So I actually have that album on CD. Like they, there's quite a while where they they censored the cover, and you right. couldn't get it with the original cover. But I actually have the original American release with the original mm -hmm. cover. That's and cool. uh, I, I would love to see some people that aren't used to it to just look up that album cover and I just want to see the reaction on their faces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like me looking at it, I'm like, okay, I know what Cannibal Corpse is all about. Like, I understand. Yeah. Um, okay, right. cool. Hammer, Smash Face, Cannibal Corpse. par for the course if you're uh, if you're familiar with with cannibal corpse i personally don't go this heavy when i'm listening to things but mm. uh like i it's a very recognizable song like yeah. it's fast it's heavy the bass is pretty so that's my favorite part of it honestly like the driving bass it's really loud yeah um but yeah, it's uh, sound. what my favorite part about this song is the uh there's a a disney version quote unquote that's on youtube uh, uh -huh. Hammer Smash Face Disney, where they've re-recorded it with like out any distortion, 
and the guy yeah. just sings it <laughs> normally and all the lyrics are just like kill die murder but when <laughs> growling it it sounds really oh, dude you gotta put a you gotta put a link to that oh, yeah we'll put a link for it and uh yeah and if you can if you can rip a clip of that it's <laughs> it is hilarious Blameless body, slouching head, let your senses where you want to head ahead. Avoiding the prophecy of my newfound lust. You will never live again, soon your life will end. See you die on the feet eternally, I spit your face. Facial bones collapse as I crack your skull in half. For, for another note, when I had that album in my teens, our, our dad went through my CDs at one point and he found that album and he was very, very unimpressed. That's uh, that sounds about right. I probably wouldn't be stoked about that as a father either. I, I believe I was supposed to dispose of the CD, and uh, if Dad's listening, I did not. <laughs> All right, song two. All right, we're gonna do. We're two. gonna take a change of direction here. Tommy the Cat by Primus. Oh, so okay. Primus's sound is heavily characterized by frontman Les Claypool's lead bass, which mm -hmm. you don't hear very much uh, lead bass, but he. Uh, he definitely stands out in the band, and it's it's fairly hard to categorize their music. Uh, on Spotify, they call it post punk, but uh, yeah. regardless, it's, it's definitely kind of their own thing. Honestly, it's, they really got their own sound. It's definitely unique and fun, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but oh yeah, despite how good Les Claypool is at bass, all the musicians in that band are very very accomplished. Like it's they're... yeah, it's it's like excellent music. I haven't really like listened yeah. to Primus extensively, but they have a very unique sound. Like. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to mention this before. If you're not familiar with Primus, they did the Robot Chicken theme and the South Park yep. theme, which yeah, has been they're... changed around. But like the original South Park theme, that's really bass heavy. That's Primus. Yeah, yeah good call. I was gonna. I wanted to mention the South Park theme because that was mm -hmm. something that people could relate with, right? But yeah, kind um, of the most recognizable thing. Yeah, for sure. It, it, Tommy, Tommy the Cat's like a, it's a super weird song, but it's it's really goofy and fun. I don't know. Like, listen to it and see what you think. Yeah. Well, I haven't uh, heard some Primus. I actually haven't heard this song, so. Tommy the cat. I've never heard a Primus song where he's shredding the guitar this hard. <laughs> like the bass is incredible, and it's weird because it's like the bass is well mixed louder, but the, the the guitar is like shredding underneath. Well, here's another fun fact about Primus that you you won't know, but some people might is uh, yeah. the guitarist Larry Lalonde. He mm -hmm. was actually the guitarist in a early early death metal band called Possessed. So he's played some heavy ass shit. Oh, so he's got he's got those roots. That makes sense for the solo yeah. that I'm hearing right now. He can he can definitely shred. Yeah, like you can be like that music's really weird. I never want to listen to it, but you can't deny that they're well, very good. <laughs> Prime Primus has a lot many more accessible songs than that. It's not one yeah. of their more mainstream hits, like when when known as Big Brown Beaver or something like that, right? Like, yeah, like you even hear Jerry was a race car driver once in a while, even though it's yeah, kind of like that's an offbeat one. pick on the radio. Yeah. But yeah. But just Tommy the Cat was the song they were playing in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, so yeah. I wanted to throw, throw it in there. Song number three, Saddam Agogo by Guar. <laughs> so uh, this is the... You spelled like Saddam is in... Saddam dash a dash go-go. But like... <laughs> I believe. Like, 
like Saddam Hussein. Hussein. Like the like the name? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I see it now. Okay. Uh, okay. Interesting choice. So this is this is the first song off Gore's 1994 album, "This Toilet Earth." So huh. it's uh, I guess for the time period, it's sort of topical. I, I don't know, <laughs> but I think That's Saddam was on the news at the time. Uh, but Must have the been. songs. The song's ridiculous and funny and essentially geared for their amazing live show, which all yeah. their music pretty much is. Uh, I, and I also love the generous use of horns in the song. Like the, horn, like the instrument yeah, horns? Like, like okay. saxophone or trombone or whatever the hell is. <laughs> I'm very excited for this. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Sadamagogo. Guar. I, uh, when you said Guar, I'm like, oh, I've heard Guar before. I'm listening to the song, like, I don't know if I've ever listened to Guar before. This is not no, at all what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Guar completely changes their musical style album to album. Like, some of their albums are punk, some of them are metal. So, like, they're, they're all over the place. Yeah, because it's like funky trumpet, heavy metal, yeah. weird kind of like almost ska kind of voice. And then it's yeah. like trumpets. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah, trumpets. That's, that's what it was, trumpets. Yeah. Trump. Oh, you can think of the word trumpet. Okay. I thought you just meant like horns in general. Okay. Well, I was just trying to pick the right horn, but I obviously picked the wrong one. Yeah, it's good Good to keep it general, I guess, if you don't know. <laughs> uh, okay, not what I thought I was going to be like. All right, song four? Yeah, song four. We're going to do Symptom of the Universe by Helmet. So this is a solid cover of a classic Black Sabbath song. And okay. I remember back when I was a kid, probably before you were even born, our cousin Steven had the Jerky Boy soundtrack one summer, and we listened to it quite a bit. And I actually heard this version before I heard the original. And this song has got one of the best metal riffs ever, I got to say. Uh, is this one of the YouTube ones? Uh, yeah, you might have to look it up on YouTube. I, you okay. could probably find you can find the Sabbath version very easily. but the Yeah, that was on version, Spotify. But... If, if you want to find the Helmet movie version, you'll have to go on, on YouTube. Five. Oh, Jerky Boy's movie scene. Okay, I found it. All right. Uh... Only 10,000 views. I need a deep for this. Symptom of the Universe. The Tell shame. Me. How close is this to the Black Sabbath version? Well, the riff is very close. You just got to think of Ozzy singing it. Yeah, well, it, well his voice is Ozzy-esque, at least. He's, he seems like he's trying. Admittedly, like Black Sabbath is also a band I haven't really deep-dived in. And that's, yeah. um, I mean, you always hear, like, you know, first heavy metal band ever. That one's heavy. Yeah, it's, it's a very heavy riff. It's, a, it's You think about when Sabbath originally wrote that back in the early 70s, that was, like, groundbreakingly heavy. Yeah, well, seriously, it sounds like... It doesn't sound like any Black Sabbath I've listened to. Oh man, you got to listen to some more Sabbath because well, you guys don't play much more than the stuff on. Uh, uh, nah, no, no, you're hearing like right? 
War Pigs is the deepest track that you're going to find, maybe. Basically, the only Sabbath songs I hear on the radio in Canada are like uh, War Pigs, uh, The Wizard. Iron Man, Man, yeah. Paranoid is very popular. Basically that album, Paranoid. But their albums after Paranoid are so good. Mm -hmm. I will, uh, I'll throw something out there that's, um, at least what I've seen on my station is uh, like you got to schedule the music beforehand. And like for radio, a glimpse into that, you have to keep the hours uh, as close to 60 minutes as possible. And Paranoid being like a two and a half minute song, like a very short song. It's like it's it's a nice little like throw in if you need to fill some time. So it's like, yeah, very sure. it, it fits in nicely. So that's probably why Paranoid gets played a lot, at least like on our station. But yeah, but, if, yeah. If, if, I were, if I were you. The albums after Paranoid, like Masters of Reality, uh, Sabbath, yeah. Bloody Sabbath, Volume Four, like, all those albums are phenomenal, and mm-hmm. it's it's a travesty they don't get played on air. Yeah. All right, song five. Yeah. Song called Gas Chamber by a band called L Seven. We were talking about. Right. So uh, that was that was the female band, right? Yeah. So in the movie, they weren't called L Seven. They were called uh, Camel Lips. But Camel Lips. The right. actual band is L Seven. With so, costumes. Okay. L Seven's kind of they're an all girl kind of a punk band but metal the sort of metal punk hybrid band uh yeah. the song's got a like a heavy chugging riff angry snarling vocals and uh pretty nasty lyrics like i don't know they're a pretty badass band and they were actually also on the jerky boy soundtrack and um, with a really good cover of hanging on the telephone by blondie nice okay but uh but this song's uh, gas chamber gas gas chamber okay uh i like the album cover also just um for this for it's from the album fast and frightening and it's uh that's a cool like they have a comic book style cover it's nice mm-hmm. i like it all right uh gas chamber heavy eh? yeah well like, this is just i don't know if this is like pure ignorance or, or maybe that just wasn't as popular to do but i haven't heard a lot of metal all female bands they uh right up there with the with the rest of them yeah well Very i mean good. like i'm just not kinda... familiar with female heavy metal bands but the i like it l7 kind of disappeared in history but they back in the 90s they're you know, fairly popular i guess and they they're they're a pretty good band i guess they have yeah good songs uh, oh, right. awesome. song six. Like yeah, song six. I, I don't want to pronounce this wrong, but it's uh, just go for fewer, it. Fewer Frey, Fewer Fry by Ramstein. It's like a, it's German. Oh, right? oh okay. So like, apparently, in English, it was, the translation would be something like free, free fire oh, or or uh, open, open fire kind of thing like that. I don't know if it translates directly, but I've been doing German on Duolingo, so let me let me take a crack at it. It'd be like Fewer. Feel free. Fear, I'm imagining. Free. That was, yeah. I'm not very far in Duolingo on German. So. But this song's it's got an infectious riff and it's kind of tempered by some lighter electronic parts in between. But it's a yeah. it's a great energy song from mm-hmm. the, like German hard rock legends. Yeah. Which they're kind of known for. They have like sweet keyboard riffs in there. Yeah, they throw some electronic in there, which is pretty cool. Yeah, if you know Du Host, which is their biggest song, then you you know yeah. that there. If you want to hear something awkward, listen to Du Haas with the English translation. It sounds so freaking weird. 
Uh, yeah, I can, I, I can believe that. I've never listened to it, but I know the lyrics are kind of out there. Uh, all right, Fear, Fear Free, Ramstein. Ramstein. Ah, yes. I forgot how, like, unnerving they kind of are to listen to, like, in a good way. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds like the devil himself is singing to me, which I feel like that guy would take as a compliment. Oh, wait. He says it. It's Fry. It's Fry. Fry. You were <laughs> yeah, Fry. he says it. Uh, it's Fry. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Number uh, seven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> number seven is the song Rock and Roll Queen by the Subways. Okay. Uh, it's the simple, catchy garage kind of rock song. Uh, seems right. to be their biggest hit. Yeah, that's what um, I'm, I'm seeing too. Like by far. For, for, well, I mean, for good reason. It's a, it's a great song. It's got this kind of grungy riff, and it's just really simple. Yeah. But uh, it's super super catchy and just fun. Good, mm -hmm. A good song. Okay, Rock and Roll Queen. Oh, they're uh, more modern too. It's 2005. Okay. Yeah. All right, Rock and Roll Queen. You are the sun. You are the only one. My heart is blue my heart is blue for you yeah no this okay this feels like a weirdly nostalgic song that like i heard a lot as uh, a, a kid i guess if it was yeah. five but I just, it slipped through the cracks. You know how like, you recognize something that you've heard a lot, but didn't know. It's a great song though. Eh? Yeah, it's really good. It's uh, it's more than like a hard alt area. I guess we were talking about Queens of the Stone Age. I would put it in that category. Yeah, like the, the genre sort of. Yeah, it's like hard alt. It's not like full metal, you know. Yeah. But, um... All right. Number eight. All right. Number eight. The song is Dr. Rock by Motorhead. So right off the bat, the song breaks right into a high energy dance riff with Lemmy's gruff vocals. Uh, yeah, kind of catch the chorus. Just a solid Motorhead tune from their 1986 album Orgasmatron, which is one of the best <laughs> album titles ever. <laughs> I have to say, that is uh, that is excellent. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, sorry, I'm trying to track it down. Yeah. Okay, Doctor Rock, Motorhead. All right. Oh yeah, just right into the Motorhead vibe. Oh yeah, and I was watching. If you watch him in the movie, and I've seen Motorhead live, and I, I have trouble oh, remembering. Have yeah, I, I did see them a, lot, a while ago before he passed away. But uh, Lemmy plays. I don't know if he always does this, but he plays his bass like he plays riffs on his bass or, or sorry chords on his bass. Yeah, like yeah. He, uh, I did actually know that because I remember trying to find the tabs for um, 
I found that out when I was learning guitar and I was like, oh, I want to play Ace of Spades and it's it's bass. Yeah. But he uses like a distorted bass, which isn't something that I, I think is very mainstream. Like there's not no, a lot like, of that. Most most of the time you, you hear you hear the bass play and they play notes, right? But Yeah, yeah. Yeah, even in terms of like chords, chords yeah. I don't know how much Flea does it because he's just crazy with riffs, but um yeah. who is it? Mark Hoppus from Blink one eighty two, which is kind of a turn away from this. He's he excellent, excellent bass player. And he's got a lot of songs yeah. where he plays full chords and it's very good. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, I guess when you're when you're a three piece it helps fill fill your sound more because you don't have a second guitarist yeah, or whatever, right? Absolutely. All right, number nine. A song called Beheaded by the Offspring. Beheaded. So Okay, so this is an earlier one then? Definitely it's off yeah, it's off their first album. So definitely not nearly as polished as their later, more commercially successful stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I love how crude the lyrics are and just the just the heavy <laughs> punk riff of it and the the irony of frontman Dexter Holland getting scalped by a disembodied hand after playing it is <laughs> awesome as well. <laughs> All right, be, be beheaded the offspring. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever listened to this whole album, but right away it's like, all right, they were straight punk. Yeah, like it's like it's like eighties punk. It's a straight up punk song. Yeah, very like before they got into all their like goofy gimmicky stuff, right? Yeah, they got like the jokey songs in there and and everything, Uh, like Pretty Fly for a White Guy. But yeah, they're like it's like the driving angry punk. Yeah, it's not something you you hear out of them now. All right, was that the last? That was the last song. That is it. Okay. Uh, this might be one of my favorite uh, playlists of, yeah, of all of the ones and, we've done. I really like it. And I, I will, I, I'm going to make an extended playlist with all the songs from all the movies I talked about as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's a, there's a lot and we'll have a whole list of, of everything in case like some didn't make it through. Yeah. Yeah. I'll make sure all the ones that got mentioned will be on that list and I'll, I'll put, I'll put that together and, and post mm-hmm. it on our, our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. A lot of, I'm kind of embarrassed about the amount of ones where I'm, I just didn't know it happened because I pride myself on knowing stupid trivia about yeah. movies. And uh, well, well, this 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 gives you a whole bunch of stuff to add to your knowledge base now, and a bunch of exactly. movies that you can watch that you haven't seen yet. I can be even more insufferable than I already am. As far okay. as as far as these movies being actual good movies, and I have to say none of them are terrible <laughs> movies. They're all watchable. Yeah. But uh, I would definitely. For anybody, some of these movies everyone's seen, like Ace Ventura, most people have seen that mm-hmm. or whatever, right? And uh, Wayne's World and stuff like that. But I would highly recommend people watch uh, Strange Days because Strange Days is a, an amazing movie. All right. Yeah, well, if that's uh, if that's all, is there any, like, news you got? Uh, no, not not really any news related to the topic mm-hmm. at hand. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if I've heard any stories recently. I know Dexter Holland might have his PhD now. Because he was working on that, so that guy it is super smart. It is, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I was reading about how how smart he is. It's pretty crazy. When he was talking about how come out and play came from like some kind of science experiment he was doing, mm-hmm. like mixing mixing chemicals together, it was pretty pretty crazy. Makes makes sense. Oh, this guy's a l- legitimate scientist. As far as news goes, uh, it is a year since Eddie Van Halen passed away. 
Oh, so, yeah, as of the day we're recording, right. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. That was my uh, station did a whole so, thing for that. Yeah, I'll throw that out there. Uh, great guitarist, yeah. man. Yeah, a little too young for that. Uh, anything other no. than that? Or No, not, not offhand, no. no. All right. Well, then that is going to do it for this episode of The Heavy. So see the show notes. We'll have a complete list of uh, songs as well as all the movies. Again, in case any didn't uh, make it in, there was a lot of movies we covered. Uh, and then let us know if we if we missed any. If you can think of any any movies where a band performed in it live, either, either as themselves or as a band like within the movie like ZZ Top in Back to the Future 3, let us know. Um, and we'll have a link to the Spotify playlist with all the songs from the season two, because we keep adding to that. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. And then if you like the show, tell a friend, give us a rating on iTunes. Whatever gets us uh, lots, of, lots of help if you spread the word. And then it gets one more person off of top 40 hits. And then you know we've all done our job our website is uh, www.theheavy.ca you can email us at theheavypod at gmail.com uh, we're on instagram twitter and facebook at theheavypod for all of them our show is edited by ian sutherland andrew does all the research our brother rob designed our logo our theme song is stallions of the highway by savage blade i'm your host don sutherland thanks for listening and we will catch you in two weeks later <laughs>